Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 226 of Lave Radio. First of all, let us, me on behalf of the entire crew, wish you all a happy new year and welcome to 3305. Now, this Lave Radio is the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin, Commander Phoenix Defire Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in this rather packed orange sidewinder, or rather, the already sidewinder bar, we have our head of health and safety, Ben Moss Woodward. Gabby, thirty-three oh five, Commander. What? Hang on. He, he said something Am clean. I? He said I... something clean. What's? Is this what a new? What have you done with Ben? Yeah, where's Ben, and what have you done with him? <laughs> Never mind. Oh, we'll shoot. We'll shoot. We'll shoot last, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to behave. We'll shoot oh. him and get the real Ben back later. Uh, we also are joined by our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shun. Hello. We have our Lavian Space Program Director, Andy Barth, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening. Hello. We've also got Commander Psycho Cow himself, Grant Wilcott, good. Chief Bastard. Sorry. What'd you call me? Yeah, everyone. Chief. <sighs> Chief Bar Steward, you know that. That's your title. Oh, yes, You're not sir. any good at it anymore. I know. I've always been good at dishing out the nuts. I'm trying. I'm, I, look, uh, it's been a while, okay? And and I've changed the way we're doing things to make it a little bit smoother <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And I couldn't test it until we go live. And, and you know, and oh, so. Look, that's, that, there's sure your feed. Your feed section, the gorgeous, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Feed um, section, isn't it? I, I'm looking at the be- ever beautiful Mac Winston here. Yes, um, yes, indeed. So, as you as you can tell, um, we're going to carry on in the way that we always have. If you're expecting a fresh start and professionalism in the new year, you must be sadly mistaken. If you can wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game in open somewhere around Planet Lave and Lave Station. I do believe, Ben. I'm at Lake Station, though. I am tempted to go to the bar. I think, I think we yes. should go to the bar. Yes. So <laughs> if any bar. Yeah. So if anybody wants to meet up with us in game, we will be at the bar, which is pretty par for the course on us. So if you can't get us to us in game, we're also on the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com/live. Click on the live chat, and of course, we're live on Twitch TV/laveradio. So we'll quickly go round. The, this vastly packed bar uh, and see what everybody's been up to for the last well it's been almost a month really so we'll start off with Ben what have you been up to for the last month um, I've been up to Christmas Lego films Talisker and building my crate for Distant Worlds too. but I guess we'll be coming to that later yeah, that's the comedy section. That's the comedy <laughs> section. Oh, God. Uh, we've also... Right, Commander Psycho, okay, we'll get this out of the way. Um, new year, new bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yes! You, you, I think your predictions are quite correct. It's going to be one of the new, new years where I'll have a new bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> the question Actually, is, the yeah. question is, Cow, are you get, will, will your bathroom have a deal by the 29th of March, or will you have a no-deal bathroom? 
so how would you describe that? Obviously, Brexit would be the uh, political one. What would we call that for the bathroom? Shitzik? Um, uh, baths? <laughs> baths? Awesome. <laughs> that is not easy. Um, well, to be honest, we have a plan. We have a plan of action in order to... You've got a continue. plan of a no-deal bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Um, to try and get... Yeah, can we vote uh, that out, please? I don't agree with this. <laughs> too much chaos with a no-deal bathroom. Yeah. That's <laughs> just too much of a mess. Well, what's going to happen is, because obviously the problem has always been restricted to my uh, brother Simon's health, and it is not really stabilising for him at all, so it's not clear what's going to happen. But what we're going to try and do is... Starting this week, we are going to do one day where we're going to try and do a bit of tiling on that day, and every week on that one day, we'll be tiling. So, in about 56 weeks' time, we should have <laughs> all the tiles, because there's about 3,700 tiles to go on the walls. Um, so, yeah, we How should start to make progress. It's not. It's just how small are these tiles? I was just, I, I was just thinking the last thing uh, Cal wants for his, uh, for his bathroom is a backstop, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So if you're at the border and you need a pee, I'm sorry. You're just not allowed to come in. No. Is that the border no. that goes around the base of, of the room? We haven't got a border in there yet either. Well, then what you're going to need to worry about. Yeah. Okay. No borders you... in the bathroom. So that's what I'm fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> Commander Kurgle, please save us. How have you been? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been pretty good. I had a glorious three weeks off work over Christmas, so of course I spent it not doing any homework and getting a little bit behind at uni. But I've had a great time doing not any work and playing lots of video games. Uh, I'm tooling up in Elite to go and do a big run of Guardian unlocks because I've got a bunch of ships that I want to put Guardian modules in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like a lot of my Elite time has been done doing that. I've been playing a little bit of multiplayer Subnautica with some of my friends, and that was really, really, really buggy, but glorious fun. Excellent. Commander Shan, what have you been up to over Christmas? Well, in-game, I have been busy getting my uh, second account and Distant World 2 ready, so I've been getting engineering, fine-tuning my build for my Crate Phantom, and so that's what I've been doing in-game. Um, in, the, in the real world, uh, Christmas wasn't too bad. We, we had a kind of bout over this Summer Cup set, which kind of just um, seemed to work its way around the family, unfortunately, but we're all over it now. And DIY project, I have embarked on a new DIY project, which is to sort my computer room stroke office out. There's a large um, like wall unit with cupboards and shelves and stuff like that, which needs taking down professionally. And I then need to decorate the wall and get put shelves up and basically make it so I can actually fit things in without it look like something from Stepto and Son. Excellent. One well, another project for everybody to look forward to over the next next three months or so. <laughs> no, no, it's it's been it's been taken down next week, which will take about half a day, and then I got half a day. It's just one wall, really, but then it's the sorting out the stuff to go in it. So it'll be done by the end of the month easily. Yeah, Grant said that like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, but I'm efficient. 
Wait, right. what? So Maybe what you're saying is that you have... Maybe bottom disease. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of... No. Um, Commander Silverine, how have you been? Oh, great, thanks. Um... <clears throat> No bathrooms, no bad bottoms, no no, no anything like that. Bottom fine, bathroom fine. Um, what's new? So I think it's been about three weeks since the last one of these, um, <clears throat> and I'd just been on a, a Hyperion rampage, um, and I'd whistled through Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion as recommended by Shan, and then um, in the last three weeks I've been on an Asimov rampage. So I've just been reading all the short stories and iRobot, and I'm just about to start Foundation for the second time. So that's been fun. Um, so it was Hyperion worth the effort then? Yeah. Yeah, it's worth the effort. It's not. The problem with big, big epics is that they tend to, like, you know, whatever big epic you choose, they tend to boil down to it's all God's fault at the end, and love is the answer. And Hyperion's no different, and it's really boring and annoying. Um, so apart from a slightly prosaic ending, it was, it was really, really excellent, like really awesome kind of space opera stuff. Um, but I've been loving the fact that Asimov got everything right. Like I've been reading the robot books and, um, about how like he predicted, um, uh, like the rise of automation and all the stuff that people are worried about today, like, um, uh, sort of hostile AI gradually supplanting humans and robots taking people's jobs and all that stuff. He was writing about like 70 years ago in the 50s in exactly the same terms. So it's just totally amazing. Um, in game, I've been... What am I doing in game? Um, <laughs> I, spent, I spent a good six hours the other day tooling around the bubble looking for advanced plasma accelerators until somebody told me in a PowerPlay Discord that you had to be a rank above the rank I was to get them. So that was a great evening. Um, and I also took a little trip out to the Spirograph Nebula and checked out all the, the shiny, floaty, exciting things. Um, if anybody ever says that uh, space games are boring because everything's just black, take them to the Spirograph Nebula because it's like, it's like being in Flash Gordon. Like there's this technicolor madness of like green sky and purple stars and madness. Um, so that was quite fun. So and, a bit like being on an onion head then. Yeah, it's a lot like being on drugs. Yeah. Um, and uh, in other great news, uh, last little bit, I'm about to go on sabbatical from my work. So I'm going to take uh, most of this year off, which will be exciting. So I've been in lots of meetings about that. So hmm. it's quite an exciting time, really. Can we inquire what, what you'll be doing during sabbatical? Um, yes, freelance copywriting. So um, I'll be doing... Uh, it was totally unrelated to what I normally do, but like mm. um, sort of, yeah, freelance work, really. Um, it, it, it's essentially, I'm, I'm not going to work very hard. I'm just going to take it quite easy. So I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that Sajai had just stepped their uh, process up and they were demanding more. <laughs> they do demand a hell of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I reckon I've spent more time on that magazine than I have on my actual job over the last six months. <laughs> That's like a real like mission for wanting to get your job back at the end of the sabbatical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. it's amazing the amount of people who have such a high demand for free stuff. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> remarkable, isn't it? I know. And yeah. they're so willing to tell you how their free stuff is wrong. <laughs> and it's not out quickly enough. Yeah, exactly. we get quite eloquent um 
explanations of how our free stuff isn't good enough sometimes. <laughs> It's quite annoying. I think they've given up telling us that our free stuff is rubbish. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know we ain't going to change. Ah. Anyway. 10 pence per feedback email is what we charge, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dr. Toxic, are you with us today? Uh, I am with us today, yes. Okay. What have you been up to since the last time we saw you? Um, Avoiding Christmas. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Ashley, what have you been up to? No, I've been busy, actually, really busy, um, dealing with a new work placement. Excellent. At long last. Did that, have you started uh, that job yet? Uh, technically, yeah. Well, hey, hey well, congratulations. How can you technically start a job and not actually have one slavery minor details okay well we'll leave we'll leave that that bunch of vagueness alone then. he's a drug dealer <laughs> isn't he that's what's going on yeah he wasn't supposed to tell the world that <laughs> the onion head my secrets out it's the onion head isn't it he's dealing yes. onion head on the side <laughs> yeah <laughs> they'll be onto your brothel next mate i wouldn't take mm. that damn it that's the only reason I took the beluga out there. <laughs> Mac, how have you been since the last time we've talked to you? Absolutely splendid. Uh, we did a, we went for a, after getting back from the expedition, uh, went to went to Madrid for a few days, which was all very, all very nice. So you know, we had a good few days. Um, it was kind of. Uh, Let's say cholesterol and wine city, but there you go. Um, but yes, uh, in game I've been. Uh, actually, I went. I went and did a community goal. I haven't done a community goal in forever. So, anyway, there's this. This there's two of them. There's competing goals. There's one for the Federation Navy and there's one for the Imperial Navy. So of course I did the Imperial one, uh, which is in. Uh, it, it's odd because it's in a federal system. It's a system called Circe, and. Um, so I did it in open as I want to do, and guess what? There were a couple of feds there trying to frustrate the noble empire, and um, so yeah, we had a bit of fun with that. I I I much enjoyed sneaking thousands of tons of imperial slaves in my marvelous cutter right past their noses. Uh, that was that was quite enjoyable. They did try and interdict me a few times, but they never managed to succeed. And I thought I'd go back yesterday, um, not in the cutter this time, but in the crate, which not really is not really a PvP meta shit, but it can hold its own. And I thought I'd see if I'd chase any of the uh, the feds out. And in the end, there was only one. Actually, I, I ran into somebody from the code. I didn't know the code was still going, but I ran into a commander from the code who was actually the code pirating. were actually our next door neighbours. Yeah, and they're quite they're quite active apparently. I, was, yeah. I had a good I had a good long chat with him. He said, "Yeah, we're doing better than ever." And uh, he was there in in his cutter and uh i observed him pirate a type nine i just dropped in on their in, on their uh, wake and sort of spectated as uh as he pirated this unfortunate commander who um i think still probably made a decent profit but had to give up a few tons of uh, slaves 
uh, and um, then we then we did actually find a, a Fed. So uh, there was another EIC guy who dropped into the system, and the three of us we all uh, basically chased the Fed out. So that was that was a success. So it was quite good fun. It's been it's been a while since I've done any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I uh, actually did a CG. So uh, for the first time in probably eighteen months. So yeah, that was that was a bit of fun. And now I'm just getting ready for. DW2, as probably half the rest of the galaxy is. Mm. On the subject of DW2, uh, Commander Valen, uh, how have you been? Busy. Yeah, Mainly uh, helping obviously. other people prepare for Distant Worlds 2 over the last <laughs> week, anyhow. Uh, is it going well? I mean, I did see something like eight, was it 8,000 people have now signed up? Yeah, as of today, it's 8,000 people have officially signed up for the expedition. Wow. <laughs> I, I think it was 5,000 by New Year's. So we've got Three. about 3,000 signups within the last two weeks. Wow. Which is nuts. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I confess I am one of <laughs> I was always planning on going along, but I never knew who I was going as. I must admit, I'm still tempted to drag my uh, my second account along. Yeah, I did. Nothing like leaving it to the last minute. Yeah, I was going to take my main account out, my, my Shan account. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of been to legal point, been there and done that. So I've been working on my second account and I'm going there with that because it's guaranteed to get elite and exploration in it. And it's it's a good excuse to play the account. Yeah. I don't tr I don't trust your second account. What shenanigans? I, I, yeah, I, I've met your second account. I don't trust it. That, shit, that's, shit. That, that's 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 uh, a besmirching you, isn't it, Shan? Um, it, it's certainly not. not it's on. certainly not liable. As I, I have evidence. Um, well, uh, Sh Commander Shan Alligans has been responsible for uh, several Ben deaths, several TJ deaths, <laughs> TJ deaths, and and, and a haven't you killed Wendy as well? I have, and I've also killed Crash as well a couple of times as well. So, <laughs> right, you got to find me okay. to kill me. Yeah, I've got but an entire galaxy to hide in. Yeah, but there is no PvP in the <coughs> Fleetcom group. No, there is not. No. Okay, well, we'll, we'll cover and all the, the wonderful things about Distant World 2 in a minute. So we'll, we'll get through all the development news and things like that in a bit. Um, so personally, let's see. Um, I finally got the all clear from the doctors. Apparently, my heart is now in a better condition than it has been in years. So I'm Bizarre. officially... I'm officially back in the land of the living, but it will take quite a while for insurance companies to believe that. Um, as far as Elite Dangerous is concerned, um, I, like Shan, have been upgrading my um, my uh, Crate Phantom, which is now my new explorer ship. Because, um, let's just say, I, I, I mean, I love my ASP Explorer. I really do think I've got a tidy ASP. But unfortunately, I think that the Crate Phantom is now... I think you have a very nice ASP as well. Yes, thank you, Barryman. And what we'll do... Uh, I mean, as the Crate Mark... The Crate Phantom does seem to be the new ship for exploration. I mean, is that... That's certainly what I'm taking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was going to go... So I was, I was going to take my Anaconda. Um, but it's such a pig to fly in supercruise that if you're mapping a planet, it becomes a chore almost to, to map the planet with an anaconda. And the um, 
uh, yes, Maranacolo's got an 80-plus light-year jump range, but we're not going anywhere that necessitates that level of jump range. So mm-hmm. my, my, my 70-light-year um, crate phantom it, it, will be just as good. Yeah, it, it just turns like a pig, doesn't it? it, it you just don't want that the anaconda when you're dealing with turning that slowly in Super Cruise. It does my head in. So I'm going to stick with the with the crate because I think that the, the, I really am beginning to like the the Phantom. Uh, and on top of that, cool. basically, I've spent a lot of time going around Decaf, uh, actually getting Arsenic to upgrade the. Jump I assume box. is Decaf Desiat. That's the one. Just checking. Yes, pronunciation is is optional. So, so a Decaf is that where you cut the whiskers off or something? <laughs> Isn't that what Alan had to do all the time? <laughs> if, you, if, if you've got the all clear from the dock, does that mean I've got to bin your uh, new theme tune? I have a new theme tune. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to have to bin it. I'm afraid. I'll find and all something. That effort, I know, and there was you. You said you got a good funeral suit as well, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry to inconvenience you, cow. It's, it's really bad. <sighs> I'll just use it for job interviews. <laughs> <laughs> so while we have been away, we have had quite a few updates, and then nothing since. Um, we've had update three point three point zero one, which was quite. Uh, uh, an extensive update, I thought, for considering it was close to Christmas. Um, did anybody, uh, well, did anything stand out for anybody during that? I mean, they had cha- fixes to the codex, fixes to the conflict zones, control fixes, stability fixes. A load fixes. of bug fixes that needed to get done, really. I think the Mamba's the big one, isn't it? Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean... I haven't actually flown the Mamba since and since the the release. I've been, as I said, been in much in the Phantom. How's it handling? I haven't been in the Mamba since either. I've been in the Phantom too. <laughs> it's it's still a pig to fly, but it's a faster pig. What's the what, what, was it? Just a rebalance, or was it actually bug fixes on the Mamba? It was a it was a rebalance. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the main bug I think they've still got to fix. Is the mining bug with abrasion blasters? Yeah, that that's something that um, both Ed and Will were discussing on Monday's uh, unofficial stream because they you know they do a proper stream on a Thursday and a kind of unofficial Twitch stream on a Monday, and they said that that is being looked at at the moment. Um, the other thing that they had said is that the um, that most of the support team have only really got back to work this week. So the tickets have been piling up and there's been a whole load of uh, complaints that for the last week or so that nobody has actually been looking at these things. And problem is everyone's been on holiday, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like they're not allowed to have a holiday off between Christmas and New Year. I, I think I heard that there were something, there were hundreds that were waiting to be looked at. I think I saw on Twitter that one of, one of the devs had said, look, we've come back and there are hundreds. We'll, we'll get to them sort of thing. Mm. Well, so been quite rude about it, actually. Yes, I, uh, I'm sure they just... will get to them because the support is. I would rate the um, frontier support as exceptional. They are very, very good and very, very quick. So, yes, it may take a couple of extra days, but I don't think yeah. I ever felt <clears> let down by them. 
No, no. Admittedly, though, um, I do believe that the Leave Radio Network is still without two ranks. Is that correct? We still have no Leave Network. Yeah, that is correct. They're doing that on purpose, Ben. It's not a big thing. They're just trolling. They're just trolling us by now, yeah. Now, being serious, though, I have we've actually been acknowledged by, I think it's QA Jack or something like that, I think it was, said hi. And mm -hmm. I've been speaking to Will and Paige behind the scenes. And I think we all actually find it quite appropriate. Really? Well, we've, got, we've got no one in charge, so that just sort yeah. of says it all. Yeah. But they've been ask we've been giving them net logs from myself and uh, Commander Whoever, who's the guy who went off and actually demoted Lave Radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not to name any names. Well, uh, Yes. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, Commander Whoever should never have been able to demote Lave Radio. Hmm. Uh, and that, yes. that therein lies the issue. So I've given them Lave Radio's net logs, my net logs, and whoever's given them his net logs and journal logs and all that kind of malarkey. And hopefully Frontier will find something. Failing that, we'll either get some dev magic or some dav magic. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. So, effectively, I think in the next week or so, we're we're waiting for three point three point zero two at uh, at some point. Uh, so it's just a case of whenever they're going to announce it, they will announce it on the forums. Don't nag them on the uh, on the streams because they'll just tell you exactly the same. <laughs> I do like the way that when they, they got flooded in the. Uh, on the Twitch stream about all that, and they were just said, "We haven't got anything to tell you. It'll come out when we're able to," and that was the standard response, no matter what. But they said it is being worked on. So um, yes, the, another issue that they've had is that they had an issue regarding Codex records. Um, I'll just quickly read out what Will had to say about that. Uh, he says, Hi, Commanders. Currently, when scanning an astronomical body, it will provide a record of in your codex with various details, such as hottest, coldest, largest, smallest, etc. However, we've identified an issue in the codex where details of discovered body types are not being replaced when discovered with a same body type with a greater or lesser value. You know, so, oh, I found a bigger rocky uh, planet but it, it's not being updated. Um, this ha issue has supposed to be fixed in 3.301. However, I think a lot of people have reported that it hasn't been fixed. So um, they are going to try and introduce a second fix sometime in the future to hopefully um, resolve this issue. But I don't know whether or not it will be backdated. So it might be a, a case of you, the the, the, the if you want that bigger planet in your codex, you might have to go back and rescan it. That is something I was a bit disappointed about about the codex when it was when the um, patch was released. The fact it wasn't retrospective, um, I, mm. I kind of understand why it's not. But when it was announced, I was looking forward to seeing my codex filled with all my discoveries and where I've been and everything else like that, and just kind of seeing it all trickle out so I can yeah. enjoy it. I kind of understand why it isn't, but it was a bit of a kind of, oh, moment. A little bit of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I must yeah. admit that the, uh, it is one of these things where you've got this this huge database and going. you're only going to be able to update it going forward, which I, th I thought was a bit, yeah. 
I, th- I don't think there was a way to win on that one, to be honest. Well, apparently it's because the discoverer, who the discoverer is, is stored in the system record, not in the commander mm-hmm. record. So in order to do the export, they'd have to go through every discovered system to see who did it. And apparently I think it would be loads of work to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that that is going to be one hell of a one hell of a query to update your databases for that one. Um, in other news, we've got the EDSM console updater. Um, we can now link your Xbox account to EDSM to log your journeys um, and your PlayStation account. Oh, and it does PlayStation as well. Uh, this is like- really awesome. Do you want to? I been able to I've not been able to. I've not been able to test it because I don't have a PlayStation or I an don't Xbox. Have a console either. I just think it's very awesome that console players can now use the tools like EDSM. Hmm. Basically, well, from what well, I understand, though, is Frontier have made a bit of an API available to third-party sites so that you you can you can go off and say I allow EDSM to remotely read my journal through Frontier. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, and that sounds great. So you go off and you obviously your your game tells Frontier, hey, I've arrived in Live Station. And then Frontier then EDSM can go off and say, hey, where's Ben? And Frontier will tell EDSM Ben's at Live. That's that's excellent. So is that Commander Anther that's that's done all this? Yeah, and you know, I, I thought so. I thought Frontier must have done some of it. It it was a, a co-op between Frontier and uh, Anthor, and I think some other people behind the scenes as well. Mm-hmm. So well, thank yeah, you all, what a glorious yeah. effort! It's yeah. a it's an amazing and a great thing. Um, another thing that's happened over the over the um over the, the time we've been away, is that uh, people have discovered leaked Thargoid models. Now, this has probably been discussed to death on the forums and, and uh, in other uh, and other media. Do you want? Does anybody really want to touch on this one? Aren't these the same models that were leaked like three, three years, years ago? Or ago. Yes, yeah. they yes. were. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I must admit, first time I saw them, I thought, I'm sure I've seen those before. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw those models was in the show notes of one of the late radio episodes before <laughs> I was on it. Quite probably. But From like Will, 2016, I think. I'm sure there's one. 2014, apparently. But Will Will's actually has chimed in saying, hey, guys, the model detailed in Yamak's video is a model from 2014, which the community has previously discovered. Uh, it is mm. not indicative of our plans for Elite Dangerous. Hope that helps clarify things. Oh, there you go. So, old news oh. move along. Apparently, okay. uh, okay. fake news, yeah. guys. But it was it was a it was a thing. So, um, this this one's quite interesting. Um, now, this hasn't happened to me, but a lot of the PvP crowd have reported that the low wake mass lock is no longer working, where you can you can now actually get out of a uh, a situation with another commander using the low wake. The the mass lock doesn't from another ship doesn't seem to work. Has anybody actually seen this? <gasps> can I can I actually test this just now? Because I'm actually in between Cow in his Type Nine, who's mm-hmm. made it back, who's made it back to the bubble. So, congratulations, Grant. Oh, and Mac. Good. So, if I 
try and low wake just now. Should I get? Don't don't, don't low wake through me. Don't 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 not through me. Well, sorry. Did I just hear that was made it safely back from Beagle Point without exploding? Has he yes. docked? Has he docked yet? Two hundred and thirty million credits worth of data. I had to learn how to use the um, FFS. Yay, the FSS scanner uh, on route and um, grew to to absolutely love it because it was so easy to jump in the system. Uh, I watched the entirety of The Haunting of Hill House whilst (laughs) getting my way back and um, I loved it. It was really enjoyable. The FSS scanner is just, it's a a, a thing of good design. And um, it removes the, oh, that looks like an earth lake. I think I'll head over there and have a look. Uh, And it becomes, there's an earth lake. It's worth going over to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And still, you know, have the ability as an explorer to not waste too much time. So it didn't delay me anything, but it actually helped me find stuff that was worth investigating, including doing a planetary scan, finding some really interesting, pristine sites of uh, mining yep. about 2000 about 20,000 light years away from anywhere so it's not really helpful but um I really thoroughly enjoyed exploring the FSS yeah i mean i must admit that is the that's the one high point that i have had with this latest patch um admittedly i was quite down on the FSS scanner you've got me at it now uh but it does seem to be um it Once it has controls I've just seen Alien saying, but we could tell Earth likes before the FSA. No, no, Alien. No, we couldn't. You couldn't. Yes, you couldn't could. tell them. Well, yeah, but if you yeah, only but I didn't have were... that thing memorized. I didn't have the that planetary chart memorized that everybody went on about. I'm fine. The FS. Oh, well, look, goody could, for you. But a lot of people did. <laughs> sit there and pick out anything wet. Yeah, anything's wet. No. Is yeah. Much, so. I mean, yeah, I think that. Sorry. That's oh, right. I went. I took my anaconda to Colonia on my second account um, over the Christmas holiday as well, because I wanted to... It's, it's all part of a cunning plan of mine for the mining CG and stuff like that for distant worlds. But anyway, I took my anaconda out there and used the FFS scanner. And I finally found a set of controls that worked. Basically, I went old school and mm-hmm. used mouse and keyboard to do it, because nothing else seemed to fit. But what I found myself doing was actually scanning everything rather yes, than... You do rather than just pick and choosing. Um, so I'll have a scan that. There is one improvement I wish they would make, and I wish they would put your temperature gauge as a display on your on the FFS scanner. And a radar. I want a radar there as well, so I can keep an eye open well, as a temperature gauge, where things are. I, I did cook my ship a couple of times when I was scanning, just simply because I was in a different screen and had no idea what the temperature was going, was going up to. So, uh, just a temperature gauge on that screen would save so much hassle. Oh, can't that just be rectified by not scanning where you're going to cook? It can, but then that just adds time and hassle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ben, did your low week work? I seem to, you know, my, uh, Paul Archer was right next to me, and I low waked right out. Um, he didn't interdict me, yeah, but I don't know if that should count. But you know, it doesn't. Was... It's literally just ship sizes. Yeah, so mm. I I was able to low wake right out next to Paul Archer, 
and he's not you're a moving so, or anything like that. You're so low weights right next to me, and I'm in a cutter which mass locks or should mass lock yeah. everything. Yeah, so didn't seem to mass lock didn't seem to be a thing. Now, is that a an intentional change or is that a bug? I'm, I think Frontier I'm, I'm, haven't they weighed in on this. I'm having a disagreement with the chat here because I know, yes, there was that whole that you can hear bird song when you looked at it, your scanner. But frankly, oh. that was bullcrap that I never ever managed to get <laughs> to work for me. So I would have to if look Carlo at it, and work it out work, if it was in the. Get it to work. No, but listening out for the earth. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's like, is that is that is that a bird? Is that a bird? Or is that is that R two D two? You guys um, are using your wrong senses. I was just I was just in the chat myself a little moment ago, and you don't need to listen out for it. I used to go out exploring with music blaring. I could see the earth like worlds. Yeah, I do it by yeah, smell. Yeah, you can, and the Goldilocks zone helped you <laughs> narrow it down. But the FSS does that so much easier and so much. So you know before you waste time going to have a check. You know, and that's a better thing than. Mm. I want to learn to do it by yeah, smell. There's always those troll worlds. They look like earth, world, like worlds. They got weather. They got blue and green bits. And you go out there, and it's a high level world, and it's yeah. not even terraformable. Troll world. I like that. <laughs> and there are um, there are troll <laughs> ammonia worlds as well, don't they? They wink at Rude. you and, and, and hint of ammonia goodness, and then you get out there, and they're just they're just rubbishy beige worlds. What's hey, that see, I, I don't tend to look for ammonias too often. I normally look for earth likes or water worlds, or terraformable water worlds. Ben's doing sign language on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I was just showing you the birds. I, I, ah. call, I call ammonia worlds cat pee worlds, for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should imagine that's what they'll smell like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But it, it just it does make it a lot easier. An alien's uh, accusing me. But rag to roads to riches tells you what planets to scan. There's no freaking skill in that. <laughs> you don't have to listen out for birdsong. You just have to find that fifth planet once you've worked out how the damn thing works, which is not by strong point. But no, I, um, back home now, all safe, all my data dumped, and um, was disappointed to learn that your uh, exploration data doesn't help your federation rank, so... I wasted a shitload of money. Uh, how much did it, it cost? Does sell it in the right places? How much did it cost <laughs> you to repair your ship then, Cal? Do you remember in um, in wear and tear costs and stuff? Well, it wasn't in too bad a shape. I arrived with ninety six percent hull, uh, but yeah, it was about seven hundred and fifty thousand credits in the uh, what do you call it? The advanced maintenance. Wear and tear, uh, yeah. That's yeah, not bad. And did your paint degrade? Had Frontier actually... Oh, God, I was flying a black ship. It was meant to have white spots on it. It didn't have anything. My decals were nothing. There was just the slightest hint that maybe somebody had green paint on it. So, yeah, it wore off. I was in an ugly, ugly ship. Yeah, I, I find some ships degrade better than others visually as well. I, I didn't get paint was, degradation I, I, for years. I think I only got paint degradation about 12 months ago for the first time. No, I've, I've gone out exploring and come back with a ship, and I was like, I didn't paint it that colour when I went out. <laughs> the interesting thing <laughs> about I paint think... degradation, I have a... My alter count is a dolphin, and you can see a little bit of your paintwork from the cockpit of the dolphin if you, you know, just over the front left and right, where there's kind of like a lip on the side of the cockpit window. 
And I was flying on these god-awful passenger missions where the waypoint is like 400,000 light seconds out. And I watch, and the paint degradation actually grows pixel by pixel. I was quite surprised because I thought it'd just be a pattern and every soft new it, it would suddenly jump and you know you, you get more degradation. you know you, you, the pattern would change in a jump but no it actually cha- it's done algorithmic I can't speak now algorithmically with maths it, you can actually watch it because I, I, there was there was two patches next to each other and I could see the little bit of paint between them getting gradually and gradually thinner and thinner and thinner over time you know it, it happened very very slowly but you could actually see it slowly growing i was you know it's just little bits of detail like this i like i mean uh, watching paint well watching paint undry i guess or paint wear off um anyway watching paint disappear, <laughs> paint disappear. yeah this has got to be the only video game in which we are discussing watching paint flake off <laughs> as an enjoyable pastime but i can totally imagine being really captivated by that yeah especially I was when you really annoyed 300k out I was really annoyed when this patch came out because it took the 100% wear off my asp and now it has a brand new shiny paint job again. I have to wear oh, it that's out so annoying when that happens. Disgusting. Talk, talking of paint jobs, I think Frontier should release more Crate Phantom paint jobs ready for Monday because you have a limited amount of paint jobs available for Crate Phantoms and it kind of needs something a bit niftier, I think. Than... Before Distant Worlds 2 sets off. Yeah. They got the Crate Mark II paint jobs out very quickly. But then again, Distant Worlds 2 is not timed brilliantly for Christmas and New Year stuff. Like if if I think the the announcement they they only announced the rele- the departure date towards I don't think it was even that far. I don't think it was um I don't think it was that far before Christmas. So Frontier didn't actually have much time to do anything like I don't know, commission a whole load of new paint jobs or whatever. Um, because you've got two weeks realistically out for Christmas, and then there's only, you know, there's only realistically one useful week between Christmas and the launch of Distant World. Yeah, you, you say that though, but uh, you have to keep in mind Frontier knew that departure date for like a year before. Okay. Yeah, so <clears throat> it was actually more us waiting on Frontier to give us the okay to release when the departure date was. Why did they want you to keep quiet about the departure date? Um, I think it was partially, possibly even to do with the release of Chapter 4. Yeah. Because uh, people knew that it was going to ta- be tied into the sense that, you know, we were going to depart after Chapter 4 releases. So that might have been why. But honestly, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, right. Mac, are you, uh, are you with us? You are, aren't you? Yes, I'm, I most certainly am with you. Ah, excellent. And would you be willing if asked, to let us know, um, give us a, a bit of a summary of um, of the Thanksgiving expedition. Yep, I can do that. Yep, Thanksgiving, if you, if everybody recalls, it was launched here live on Lave Radio. Um, it was actually the Tuesday, because it had to, of course, be on the, had to coincide with the broadcast, etc. So it was actually the Tuesday before um, US Thanksgiving. Uh, we set out from Capifornasis and Lave, loaded with all sorts of interesting goods which was uh, very very kindly supplied by all our loaders we had a bunch of loaders uh from east india company a bunch of loaders associated lave radio um got the fleet loaded and off we went so we had a, a three-week expedition to uh 
try out a new a new rapid trade route up to uh, Jack Station because, well, we wanted to make Colonia drunk again. And let's face it, with it, without the creature comforts of the bubble, it's been a little bit um, a little bit dry out in Colonia. Let's say so. Yeah, we we charted a new route. Uh, there, were, there were five intermediate waypoints. Um, it wasn't, of course, without uh, without the, the the odd loss on on the way. I think even before we really got underway, uh, we lost lost two of our transport ships to NPC piracy, which was desperately unfortunate. Um, but fortunately, that was close enough to the bubble, so they could just reload and uh, start off again. Uh, waypoint one, um, we lost one of the fleet mechanics to a. Uh, uh, a rapid, unscheduled dis disassembly on a mountaintop. <laughs> um, we, were just, we were just about to do the mass jump out at waypoint one, and we heard a, a rather loud explosion, and pieces of an aspect explorer sort of went dancing across the top of the mountain. We'd all gathered on. So, well, that was that. But, it, but again, he had good jump range, so he made good time. And it was fortuitous, because later on, he, he, um, he saved me from some of my own... Um, moderate incompetence let's say um <laughs> so yes yeah, so, uh, we uh, we also had a we had a couple of losses to neutron stars as well um because it what, what it had become is uh we, what we found is uh beyond the tricone nebula which is about well actually pretty much waypoint one not much after waypoint one there is as as you as you get into the next bit of the get the next arm of the galaxy towards colonia um i'd have to actually stop and look at the galactic map to, to say the name of it but <laughs> that shows how good my memory is at the moment but um yeah we basically discovered there is uh about a thousand light years above the plane you start hitting a very large neutron star field and if you've got 30-ish uh light years of jump range then you can you really just get onto neutron boosting between the the waypoints there so you you can make some quite good time um but yeah we did we did lose a couple to uh neutron star related accidents including one ship that had um well let's say uh imperial passengers 160 imperial passengers on board let's say um which was uh um well their poor dying screams as the neutron star gobbled up the uh, the uh, ship that was carrying them was was a little bit sad, unfortunately. But yeah, the rest of us made it, and due to a number of factors, we our arrival date was actually the three point three release date, which um, everybody said, "Oh yeah, great timing arriving on the three point three release date." And uh, well, that turned out not to be quite such great timing as we all remember. Um, we, nobody we could had, get on for days. Yeah, nobody yeah. could. Nobody it could was. Get on. <laughs> we, we had this. We yeah. had this. We had this great idea. We we're going to have this convoy that you know, all of us, you know, even if we'd arrived earlier, we'd, we'd all assemble into this convoy, fly into Jack Station, sell our sell our wares, and off we'd go, you know, victorious. But it didn't actually really work out like that. I think two of us managed to do it in the end uh, at about I don't know 11 p.m. GMT. Uh, unfortunately, I, I couldn't really delay it because the, the, the other idea was just to do it on the Wednesday, but I was like heading out of town, so uh, that was uh, it'd be a, it'd be a bit difficult for me to arrange it on the on the following day. But yes, um, other than that, I mean, the way the, the last waypoint was probably the best. It was certainly the prettiest with all the guys that's in the in the uh, 
in this kind of deep abyss I found uh, uh, the scouting mission found on, a, on this uh, this kind of rocky planetoid with ice caps. So I uh, got some nice pictures from the last waypoint. Uh, we probably we had a, we had a pretty decent gathering out there. Um, but yeah, so other than the odd technical hiccup at the end of it, it, it turned out to be uh, pretty successful. Pretty much everyone made it. One or two people uh, sort of did the express train thing up there because they, they were also doing the Christmas carriers convoy, which which overlapped. So I think the CCC's first week overlapped our last week. So some people went on ahead, dropped their wares, went back and did the CCC as well. So um, we, we, had to, we had a few people do both missions. And anyway, with a successful conclusion, uh, I also put out some feelers if anybody would like uh, stickers for mission patches. And I think I've got enough enough signups for that. So this weekend, I'll probably uh, probably send that off and hopefully get a few uh, a few stickers back with uh, to send off around various places around the world to uh, to kind of commemorate our. Um, a successful mission there so yep we we all had good fun we we probably shipped in enough stuff to keep uh jack's bar in stock at least for the next year or so um so nobody's forced to drink the uh the the, the uh the paint stripper that um jack's was using uh, as a brandy substitute but anyway uh, i, th I, th so I thought it was um i thought it was urine recycled wine yeah, that could come to think of it, it could have been. It did have it did have a rather familiar smell. Uriny. <laughs> Fruity label, was it? Yes. <laughs> it kind of kind of reminds me of that, that scene in Blackadder 2 where they they, uh, they they get back from the sea voyage and yes, we had this rather fine wine. I think oh yes, it's rather familiar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway. uh th thanks for that, Mac. Um Cow, can we actually go for an advert break? Distant Radio. I'm Dig That 32 and they're paying me in void opals. Is that even a real thing? Hey, for real. What can I buy with those? Has Onion Head lost its edge? Not getting that warm, fuzzy feeling from Tarak Spice anymore? Is Labian Brandy just a little too, well, Labian? Try Dragon Root. A refreshing and intoxicating blend of secret ingredients guaranteed to make you stronger, healthier, wealthier, better looking, bulletproof, immune to all known poisons, and gives you elite status. Dragon Brew, made with love by the 8th Dragon Squadron. There's a little bit of us in every drop. Disclaimer, Dragon Brew may not cause any of these effects. Known side effects include disorientation, vomiting, blindness, paralysis, psychosis, and death. We washed our hands after production. There's literally a little bit of us in every drop. Do not drink unattended. Seek professional medical attention before, during, and after consumption. Terms and conditions apply. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> 
And welcome back. Now, one of the things that have been uh, highlighted on social media over the last couple of days is that uh, Frontier are celebrating their 25th anniversary. Uh, I think it's at the 28th of June, uh, July. June, July. Let's try. January? James, January. No, it began with a J. Uh, but at the end of this month, the 28th, they are celebrating their 25th anniversary. Now, there are a couple of things that they're doing in this kind of celebration. There's going to be Friday night streams. There's going to be extra giveaways on social media. Um, so, I mean, 25 years since the original Frontier was launched. Uh, has anybody got any any comment for that? Well, first of all, congratulations to Frontier. I think that's quite an achievement for a games company to be independent and be around for 25 years. It's quite a feat in the industry at the moment, I think. So, Bravo. yeah, I think it's unheard of, isn't it? I was trying to think of a games company that hasn't been absorbed that's older, but I'm sure someone can come up with a name. But um, well, yeah, I mean, there was Rare and Ultimate, but they've gone now as well, haven't they? That's right. Ultimate they are rare absorbed by then. Microsoft. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think it's a real credit and achievement to Frontier to do that. Um, as to what they're doing, I was kind of hoping there'd be another Frexpo, and you know they, they'd celebrate the twenty fifth by another Frontier Expo at, at the time. Yeah, full size Cobra Mark Three this time, please. <laughs> but and it's kind of interesting that. It almost seems low key for the twenty fifth. I was kind of hoping when I heard when I read the report a few months ago, it was the twenty fifth. I was kind of thinking, oh great, they'll do an expo, and that's then when they'll release the content for twenty nineteen and what's going to happen and blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. the fact they haven't actually released anything yet, and it's all low key, it's kind of yeah. got me puzzled. You would be shouting from the rooftop about all the games you're doing. And what you're going to be doing on the 25th, because that would seem to be a logical place for it. It it, it would, wouldn't it? But um, it does seem that everything that they're starting now, maybe they're, they're going to build up some momentum in the next few weeks or so. I mean, it's only three weeks or so, isn't it? Maybe you think they'd be hyping a big announcement now. Hmm. Well, obviously. I, I well, obviously, it's not going to be like the the expo where you know the hundreds, if not thousands, of people could turn up. But I mean, that would have taken months to organise. Yeah, I guess I was kind of hoping that they'd announce Space Legs or Atmospheric Planet <laughs> or something like that then, and really hype it up and give everyone something to look forward to for 2019. When is the um, the actual day of the of the 25th anniversary? Uh, that would be Monday, the 28th of January. Well, they could still they could still announce something big. I mean, the, on the, the sort of, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it would it would tie in very roughly with um, uh, with when we can expect some kind of beginning of hype building for the next thing. Well, that's what I was thinking. But what I'm what my thoughts are with 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 the <laughs> Frontier Expo last time, they had the Jurassic Park stuff to it. To announce they had lots of updates to Planet Coaster and then they had the Beyond, so there were three big things to announce. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. that the game they're going to be releasing this year, for whatever reason, isn't ready to be announced yet. So you wouldn't, you, you know, you use Frontier Expo would be something big for, I don't know, the elite fans, but the other Frontier games wouldn't quite get the same amount of focus. I don't know. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's one of these things which is, I guess it's a case of watch this space. I mean, Frontier do have a reputation of being a rather well conservative company and uh, taking secretive. things. Yeah, they, they keep their cards very close to their chest, and it has worked for them for twenty five years, to be honest. So you know, um, I don't see them changing the policy on that. What I find really interesting about Frontier's twenty five years is that mm-hmm. um, the uh the last 20 percent of it the last five years have been really transformative for frontier because so like let's let's rewind to 2012 and for the first 20 years of existence frontier broadly made video games um for other publishers yeah yeah and um uh and then with the advent of self-publishing like yes you had the the first wave of of big crowdfunded self-published games um but and frontier and, and, and elite dangerous was one of those but i don't think many people realize how transformative elite dangerous as a title was of frontier because that was that was what um uh that's what injected uh the cash to start the game the game sales were what allowed frontier to completely stop making games for other people and and move to self-published for everything not just that one title um and every and how much they've grown over the last five years and their share price and the 10 cent purchase is all you know that success story it can all be stemmed from that one event i think um yeah i, I can certainly agree i mean there's sort of as much as we did enjoy people watching people play wallace and gromit all over the uh, the 24 live stream it it, it was always published by somebody else and one of the reasons why they went to the Kickstarter is because no one would publish Elite, not in the way that David Braben wanted it to be pub- uh, to be played. They, they they said that it would people would want it with a um, a stringent plot line and and closer to Mass Effect than than the Elite that we're used to. Yeah, I'm glad they never took it down that way. If I'm honest with you, mm. do you start counting whether a company is an independent gaming company? Um, from when they start the company, or from when they will, I'm just thinking about Star Citizen because it's probably going to be 25 years before we. No, actually, I'll just go. I'll just... <laughs> oh, brutal! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, being yeah. serious for a minute, my, my, my main thing is uh, 25 years and they're still independent. I'm still struggling, I'm struggling to think of anyone, any other games company that's managed it. I, a I lot don't... of British games companies have folded, haven't they? Yeah, they've 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 folded or they've gone over to America or Canada. People um, have mentioned Bungie, who were inhaled by Microsoft and then spat out again. The only other the only other company I can think of that's on the same level would be Rockstar. And are yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, are they I still independent? Rockstar. I believe they are. They're independent, yeah. but they're they're based all over the world. I don't think they're based here. But they are. They're, they're based, based in, in Scotland. They're based that... in Dundee. Oh, well, Rock, Rockstar North is. You got to remember yeah, I was going to say they, they definitely have offices all over the world, and I used to live near the Edinburgh one, um, but I didn't think that their head office was in, was in this country. But I, you know, I'm probably wrong. Who knows? Well, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Rockstar can probably buy a country by now. <laughs> yep. Yes, probably. Even if they did that, it'd be buggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't get good support either. <laughs> well, it, at least it's not Fallout 76. 
That is, oh, talk, sorry, I know, so, sidetrack. I can't believe Fallout 76 has gone down to only £10 already. Is it £10 already? Wow. It was, it was on, yeah, it was, it was on Green, was it Green, Game, Green Man Gaming or something like that for a tenner. Is, was that wow. a sale or is that the new price? It was a sale, but it was quite, I don't know if it's still going, but it was going on for quite a while and I still didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one thing you could have bought over the Christmas period was Horizons for a fiver. So yet again, we will be able to get Ben to say this about non-owning Horizon elite, uh, non-owning Horizon owners. Say, so, say so what about people? Non-owning Horizon. Horizon owners, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, turning so, into what, Murray Walker. Carry on. What would I be saying about non-owning Horizon owners? You know what I mean. No, I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, okay. Not owning Horizons enough. <laughs> yes, <laughs> basically, people who just own Elite. I do believe you inquired. You called them um, stingy bastards at, at the very latest. <laughs> to be fair, he's not far wrong. A, a fiver who would not buy Horizons? You could get the whole game for a tenner. Well, anyway, I, I think I think. And we're... the live radio count is no longer a cheap bastard either. I've, I think I've said that already, but. Mm. Yes. Yes. Moving on, we have probably the most exciting thing uh, that has been um, publicized in Elite uh, for quite a while, and that is the Distant Worlds 2 Expeditions, uh, which is why we've got Valen, uh, or Valen uh, along with us today. So um, for those people uh, who are one of those 8,000 people who have not signed up for uh, for Distant Worlds 2. Do you want to give everybody a quick summary of what it is and what you're planning to do? Sure, I can do that. Uh, Distant Worlds 2 is going to be journeying onto uh, Beagle Point once again, as did the first expedition. However, the point with this expedition is not to actually simply reach Beagle Point, because most people have done that already. So the focus here is more on the journey itself. And as part of that, we're going to have a lot of departments, a lot of projects from science uh, with mapping surveys, mining uh, operations, including the CGs that are going to be happening. So there's going to be a lot of fleet interaction happening throughout this journey. If you want to take part in that, of course, it's not you know mandatory for you to engage in anything here. You can also just come along for the ride and head off to Beagle Point if you haven't been there before. <clears throat> So, yeah, it's basically going to be a nice, almost year-long journey out in space across the entire galaxy. Now, Ben, you've put together a, a Crate Phantom build for this, haven't you? Uh, I've, I've done a build. Uh, I have actually, it's had a slight update. Uh, I don't know when you looked at it, but I did, I did some more engineering on it last night. And I have updated the link that I gave you. Um, Valen, so, but have you got loads of materials left, Ben? Uh, but apparently, I've made a few mistakes. So, shall shall I mention what I've done? Yes, and then you can tell me where I've gone wrong. <laughs> How about telling you where you've gone right? <laughs> I've got a great phantom. That has to be a good start, surely. That's a pretty good choice, yeah. So, all right, let me fire it up. Right. Okay, I've got a crate phantom, mostly seven, uh, mostly class D stuff 
Although I do have A-rated thrusters and frameshift drive and power plant distributor um, and a fuel scoop. Yeah. Yeah. I can so, actually jump in right on that point if you want to. If you want. Yeah. I, yeah, I, okay. I suspect I don't need A-rated thrusters, but I like playing fast. On your build, you're sharing, Ben. You've got a 7D power plant. Um, yes, exactly. You're going to cook, and you don't need a 7D. You can get by with a 2A. <laughs> in fact, in, in this case, I'm just going to jump in and say this is probably one of the most common mistakes that a lot mm -hmm. of people actually do is to have that D-rated power plant because it's lighter, right? Yeah. But the thing about power plants is there's generally a rule unless you're using a 2d power plant on a ship where you're it's either a small ship and you can get away with that or uh, you're really trying to build like an 83.99 light year anaconda um, and using 2d plus overcharged on that then you always want to go for an a-rated power plant because okay. it's going to be lighter it's going to give you more power and it's going to have more better than more than half better efficiency if that makes sense you're going to have far yeah. better efficiency so you're not going to cook up so much in your stars in comparison to a d-rated power plant one class size above so in your case if you go to a 6a. 6a power plant exactly you'd actually have much better stats okay well i can what, what i tend to do ben is i tend mm -hmm. to build the rest of my ship and then look at what power plant i can make to fit it so i, I don't i I see what I need, and then I get the power plant for that. If you see what I mean, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm pretty six so A, and then yeah. did you say overcharge? I wouldn't go six A uh, to be honest, because it's uh, it's still too big. Three A or two A is going to be plenty. We we can actually even go into the power management because at yeah. the moment you have everything. I've got tons of power. Run. I've got loads and of power. Yes, agree. Yeah, you yeah. set everything to power uh, to priority one, and you have modules online which uh considering does, you have like okay does it matter i noticed when i go to i went out to 5a and everything's red but i can go and play with stuff yeah like what what you could actually do for this build because i put a play mm -hmm. around earlier with it is uh you can give me one second I believe i have this I thought it's not actually increasing my jump range by it's something it's giving me another three uh three light years which obviously ha well a couple of light years anyway which obviously helps but yeah yeah basically what you would do is you would turn off certain like the yeah. field maintenance unit which you don't need unless you well you can land on a planet right yeah and then your thrusters are going to disengage and you can still use the uh, auto field maintenance and do repairs there so that's one of the things that you usually keep offline at all times Another mm -hmm. thing is the planetary vehicle hangar. A lot of people turn that offline, especially that if you sense, have a Guardian yes. frameship drive booster at the same time. And then you just set your priorities in such a way that the frameship dive booster gets deactivated when you turn your planetary vehicle hangar online. The other thing to talk about when you talk about power management is set your priorities such that you can still survive on a 50% power. So if your power unit gets down to zero yeah then you're not completely crippled you can manage on 50 percent you've, you've got thrusters and you've got yeah yeah I, 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 I posted a build my create phantom build in the discord so i think that should have the power done right there mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it's quite it's, it's it's a bit complicated in terms of juggling power priorities around and to be honest if you're new to the game 
I probably wouldn't bother too much about it. I it, I, I'm I'm used to juggling end, power, but I just yeah, haven't, I just didn't even think end, about it. So it's like he's getting that nth decimal point of performance out of the ship. I think that's I, which I, I will admit it's never been the. I've never really cared that much about it, but yeah, it does help. Okay, so I've done that. I've got so that's noob mistake one is too powerful a power plant, which yeah. Fully get that. What about my? <coughs> oh, excuse me. What about my sensors? That's something I've never quite understood. You know, is there a benefit with derate them? Yeah, they're derated, so that's and okay. then lightweight them as much as you I can. I think I'm pretty sure I did lightweight them. Uh, yes, yeah, I've got. Yeah. I've, I have lightweight. Weirdly, sensors are weirdly heavy. Like if you, once you've yeah, well, uh, like after the frame shift drive and the power plant, sensors are like really important for lightweighting because they're uh, no i I've, i have lightweighted them <laughs> one of um, the most key things to engineer on any ship going out in my opinion is maximize your probe um i've done range. that I've, I've got i've got my 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 probe is is done off is i can't remember if I, I ran out of tin so i was like i can't go off and do a bunch of my engineering because like sugar yeah, there's no downsides um, to extending your probe radius no yeah um another thing you've actually done is you've engineered the fuel scoop to increase yes. its integrity and yeah. the question is kind of why because you don't need to just... the, the reason was basically why not i was i was there and i was like hey i could i can engineer this and it makes it heavier integrity. doesn't it no, no it increases the power by t uh, basically another 100%. So <laughs> you need so... a larger <laughs> power plant. Then. It's not giving you any benefit, especially as you have a field maintenance unit equipped. So. so basically, listeners, if you want a really good spaceship for Distant Worlds 2, <laughs> Don't listen to do ben. the opposite of what Ed's done. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I, that... Because, yeah, I thought, well, oh, I'll take the extra integrity. That that sounds like it makes sense. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't worrying about my power, because I was like, oh, I've got shitloads of power. Uh, and that is a factor that people need to bear in mind as well with fuel <clears throat> scoops, because it's easy to think, oh, I'll stick a 6A on. But the actual time difference between scooping a 6A and, a, say, a 6C is, in all practical purposes, fairly negligible. If, if you're buckyboarding, of course, you want more, but yeah. uh, most people don't optimally fuel scoop. So if going from a 6A to a 6C means you can run a small, a smaller power plant or a cooler power plant, then I'd rather go for that than a bigger fuel scoop. Yeah. Well, I mean, I must admit, that's actually taught me a thing or two about managing for Explorer builds, so I think I've got it right so far. <laughs> I've, al I've always had the A-rated pla uh, power plants. But yeah, um, so Commander Valen, uh, we have uh, how long does everybody expect to be flying for uh, every week? Well, the waypoints are going to be set about 4,500 light years apart. Mm -hmm. And that is going to mean that with a 40 light year jump range, you're going to be taking about two, two hours of travel time every week. That is excluding any stops for mapping, etc. of course. Mm -hmm. So if you were to take a 30 light year ship, just for comparison, it's going to take you about three hours every week of travel time. If you took a 70 light year ship, it's going to take you about one hour. Right. So um, 
You also say the expedition will stop for more than one week near Sajay for the second CG. That's correct. Yeah, we'll be stopping for uh, possibly two or three weeks. That's not being disclosed yet, but uh, we'll definitely be stopping for more than one week there. This is something that actually concerns me a little bit because, yeah, obviously I've got no stuff on me or in me for anything to do with CGs. See, that um... doesn't bother me because <laughs> what I what I plan to do, and hopefully my plan mm-hmm. is correct, is I plan to buy my mining stuff at Colonia, and that's why I brought my anaconda up there. Um, so I run light to Colonia or wherever the, way, the closest waypoint is going to be, pop across to Colonia, stock up on mining gear, take that ship out, do the CG, come back, and then go out so I'm not lumping around a whole lot of mining gear across the galaxy. Excellent. That's so, one point. Uh, if I can just cut in there and say that certainly. Mm-hmm. you do actually have a build where it's pretty, you know, it's pretty minimalistic. I mean, you can you can go in a hauler or an eagle or something like that if you wanted to. And you just have a detailed surface scanner, for example, or an SRV. You can still help in the CG in the sense that you can be mapping systems and finding locations that yield lucrative materials and, you know, relaying that back to the fleet so the miners can go there and grab the materials. And with the SRV, you can find materials for synthesis to help people restock for limpets and stuff like that. So you can definitely still engage and help out that way. Excellent. Now, we have the launch times uh, for the EU, the USC, uh, the, the US and Australia on the 13th and the 14th this month. So um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's at um, 20 hundred hours UTC for Europe. Yes. Uh, one in the morning UTC for, uh, for the USA and 10 in the morning on the Monday, the 14th for Australia. That's correct. Yeah. So, yeah. And the next waypoint announcement, how's that handled? That is going to either be released through Galnet sometime this week, possibly, mm-hmm. or it's going to be one hour prior to the EU departure time this weekend. So that's going to be about 1900 UTC. Excellent. On the Sunday. Right. Um, now, as far as live radio coverage is concerned, um, Ben, you're heading out, is that correct? Yep, I'm heading out. Uh, and Shan? Obviously. So uh, is anybody else joining this one? Um, I mean, we're hoping to to have you two give us back uh, status reports and how things are going. We will be around, but we I've been speaking actually with Valen and Olivia and other folks in distant worlds. And hopefully we'll be somebody might be able to join us every week, if not most weeks, if not every week to give us some information. Information. Sorry, I've been flicking into a bit of Eddie there. Mm. Um, Now, also, we will also point out they have their own radio station, Distant Radio. That is correct. Excellent. Um, Uh, We'll obviously put a link in the show notes. Uh, Do we have any any jingles or anything we can play? Distant Radio. No. We're closer than you think. That is so creepy. That's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I'm wearing your clothes. A miserable <laughs> child. 
<laughs> like, oh, that's almost as bad as you know you smell different when you're awake. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's horrible. Different radio. I'd like to wear your skin. Oh. <laughs> um, it's like Bob Ross turning into a serial killer, isn't it? No. <laughs> Oh, but, I mean, just think of the happy little trees and everything will be fine <laughs> we, we saw what happened with Frontier and happy little trees at the 24 hour stream, it was not a good thing <laughs> distant radio touching you while you sleep <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's for free they can have that one for free isn't the one oh, I'm sure there's something about madness space madness or something like that or They've got a whole load of little jingles about that can be played if we feel safe. Oh, no. Oh, How do people yeah. listen? How do people? Where are they broadcasting and what are they broadcasting? Do we know? I don't know how much is released yet. Um, They're broadcasting all of the Sagai back issues um, that we've done podcasts for. I know that because we've been talking to them. Yeah, they've got an they've got an interview schedule where they're interviewing. Um, I think maybe once or twice a week they're interviewing people uh, like galactic personalities um, and uh, so um, I think Olivia Vespera is on there we're going on there for the magazine um, Eremus is going on Dr. Kai is going on people who have, have, have been involved in organising the the expedition or other big community things um, and um, I think they're they're getting music by uh composers who like you know pieces composed inspired by elite so people like uh, miguel johnson um and they're also um in between the live shows they're they're playing all the sagai um podcast issues as well oh cool now what is this about the uh people there might be planned attacks on, on the expedition are these organized attacks that everybody knows about or has there just been rumors of basically trolls i think it's, it's speculation about um the the griefer gang isn't it yeah it is it is there's a few of these threads that have popped up a few times every now and again over the past few weeks unfortunately mm, so you've put in some official policies from the organizers uh, about this um one of the things that you've put in is that any form of PvP um, in the in the distant worlds to private groups is basically forbidden. Yeah, I I can uh, state that in a bit more of a I guess a dry nature of mm -hmm. sorts. Uh, it it just needs to be put very clearly because we've been discussing this internally over the last few weeks up for a long time, and our official policy uh, from the distant worlds to organizers is that we do not endorse any form. PvP within the Distant Worlds PGs themselves, as you just mm -hmm. said, even for protection, right? So any combat within the Distant Worlds 2 player groups is strictly limited to PvE combat against NPCs, mm -hmm. and of course we cannot control anything that happens outside of the Distant Worlds 2 player groups, so we advise that you use the official player groups if you want to avoid PvP combat altogether, and those would be the Fleetcom uh, player group for PC, Distant Worlds XB, that's one word. Player group for Xbox. All Crows are Black, also one word for the PlayStation 4. 
Can I just jump in about the player groups and things like that? Because there is a bug, isn't there, that prevents people from searching for the player group and requesting a join. Um, so the way I had to do it is I had to, on PC, I had to uh, request, put a friend's request into Commander Fleetcom, one word, and two M's, Commander Fleetcom. And then once they'd friended me, uh, submit an application via the website. This is a sign-up sheet. So you fill in the sign-up sheet and say, yes, I agree to be a good boy uh, and all that stuff. And then once Commander Fleet Commons friended you, you can then request access to the private group. Um, you then wait a couple of days and you get the access granted. Yep, that's correct. We also have a channel in the Fleetcom Discord specifically to tell you uh, what you're to do um, for signing up for the player groups on any of the platforms in there because it's a bit of a different pro process for each of the different platforms. Incidentally, on the on the theme of gankers, when I, when I saw the thread, there was a thread about it on Reddit, and uh, my comment was basically this: uh, there's, we're, we're expending a lot of energy on the gankers, but immediately, as soon as one opens up, the the news <coughs> is going to fly like wildfire and so that, that they might bag one commander but i would be willing to place a bet that stationary objects like neutron stars and planetary surfaces will kill 10 times as many explorers as the gankers will yeah but the, yeah the, i think the the difference is that people often say like oh you know who, who cares if um uh you know npcs fire on you why is that any different if players do i think like if you if you got half the way out there and then due to your own cock up you like you got caught in a neutron plume or something and, and got blown up you would be very angry but then but you only have yourself to blame it's with the gankers i think i think it's it's emotive because it's not that you don't only have yourself to blame i think my my, my advice for people who are worried about being attacked is just learn what to do if you're interdicted um yeah there's before. videos for that yeah, and that's what I was. I mean, even even the normal game, not just exploration, but learn what to do if you're interdicted and how to escape, because it is possible to escape into interdiction without combat logging. Um, you don't need combat log; it's completely unnecessary. Um, so yeah, just just watch videos on how to escape being blown up. Um, situational awareness, um, because being realistic, if you're in an exploration build uh, and you're attacked by a um, combat ship, no one is going to be able to help you because you'll be dead before they jump in. Yeah, the support team have said that they will... Well, no, I, I mean, I don't know this. I've heard this. Um, Valen can probably confirm. But I gather that the support team at Frontier have said that they'll just reinstate anybody with, with data and credits intact um, exactly where they were blown off blown up if there is a if if anybody is <laughs> exactly where they were what Sooth? <laughs> blown up that's not what you said well what did i say <laughs> i'm just relieved it's not me for once <laughs> your second word was he, off he, yeah, he, he, he was thinking of distant worlds <laughs> Different yeah. part of the game. No, I'm glad yeah. I'm over here in my own little world sometimes. <laughs> anyway, re return, returning to a slightly uh, less salubrious subjects. Like my point was, I mean, yeah, it, it, 
if somebody does gank you, it's incredibly annoying. But I think it's just well, going back to blowing again. Really, the risk is a bit probably overblown. I mean, these they they go on. Oh yeah, we're going to ruin everybody's fun and go out and gank people. But in reality, you when you got eight, this thing's going to happen when you got eight thousand people doing it. Even if and. and even if not all 8,000 end up going, you, you're going to get some trouble. But even so, the risk to any one particular commander of being ganked is much lower than uh, rapid unplanned, unscheduled disassemblies caused by uh, unplanned lighter breaking. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, yeah. That, that's certainly one way of looking at it. I mean, as far as the PVE side of things is concerned, you do have some escort wings here as well, don't you? Yes, we do. That is going to be officially handled by Iridium Wing on PC and Xbox and a separate PS4 Escort Wing part of Fleet Defense. Excellent. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think the... Uh, can I, mean, I just actually, before we move on, can I raise a point that... You know how you were saying that Frontier have mentioned you may or may not be able to be resurrected? Yeah. yeah. If... I think I heard that if you accept your I've di I've died and then you relog in again, Frontier will not be able to help you. Yeah, yeah. If, if you've cost. died, stay dead. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll just stay go the into details screen, on that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, Valen. Yeah, I'll go into details on that. Like the, the policy, basically, or the procedure, I should say, is if you're attacked by a player within the player group then please contact a player group administrator privately and directly with any evidence like screenshots, videos, or player <laughs> logs if you're on PC, etc. Please do not do this in public in any form. Yeah. In the event of destruction with one of, uh, within one of the player groups, do not click on the rebuy button, as you said, Ben. Instead, submit a support ticket with Frontier Support and state in your ticket that you are a Distant Worlds 2 participant and don't want moving back to the bubble and wait for a response. If you chose the rebuy option, then FDev will be unable to move you back to where you died. In your ticket, you should also cite the information about harassment rules in private groups as well as the names of the player or players that attacked you. Of course, you have to keep in mind that any support handled by FDev is done on a case-by-case -case basis at their discretion. Right. That, that's, that is good to know. I mean, um, also, what's this about the primary rule of the FDF will also uh, scupper plans of bandits based on five scenarios as part of an EDRPG story arc? Yeah, that's the Fleet Defense Force uh, being part of a role-play role within the mm -hmm. uh, expedition, and that's going to be tied to EDRPG. So there have been rumors of uh, Bandit Raider spreading across the route to Beagle Point, and the primary uh, role of DF will be to scupper the plans of those bandits. Excellent. So that there are actually bandit scenarios which will be the only sanctioned PvP events in the expedition. Yes. It is important to note that this kind of PvP is going to be taking place in strict instances within its own player group. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be the FDF player group specifically for PC. I don't know how it's exactly planned on Xbox. I know for PS4, they're actually going to be using CQC for them. Right, okay. That, that will be interesting. <laughs> um, so if you require a ship which is capable of carrying an SLF. 
ship launch fighter for those yes, who... Yes, for PC, want. definitely, because all of the battles are going to take place using just SRVs or ship launch fighters. It's not going to be battles between actual ships. Ah, right, we've got you. So uh, the first Bandit versus uh, FDF scenario that's scheduled to take place on Saturday, the 26th of January, uh, location and times will follow within the Fleetcom Discord. So uh, uh, those of you who want to take part, join the, the Fleetcom Discord. Yes. In general, any if you want to know anything about Distant Wars 2, you really need to join the Fleetcom Discord because that is where everything is being coordinated and managed. Excellent. So, um, I think, uh, is that everything we've covered as far as um, Distant Worlds 2 is concerned? Is there there's anything I've, that we've missed? Well, I've, I've, I've got a question, sorry, just a quick. Going back to ship builds, uh, I've been discussing with a few people whether or not to take, whether or not they should take one SRV or two SRVs, because there's quite a big weight yeah. penalty for two. Um, and I guess it depends on if you drive like Lewis Hamilton or or Maggie from Learner Driving School. But what's your thought on one SRV or two? Well, that's a very good question because it was something that I was going to note about Ben's build and your build in particular because you both only decide to take one SRV. And uh, the thing about that is it's going to be over 10 months that, we're, that this expedition takes place, and you cannot restock an SRV. So if it gets destroyed at any point in time, you have no more SRV left. There's going to be a lot of waypoint events that are going to engage SRVs in terms of uh, rat tag and whatnot, uh, in terms of luck. They're optional, aren't they? Yeah. And the thing about that is the more commanders that are in instance, the more damage you receive in your SRV. So there's a very good chance that one of your SRVs is going to blow up. Yes, on my, my on our uh, Thanksgiving expedition, I lost my first SRV at the very first waypoint. I was a lot more careful with the second one. Uh, talking of questions and outfitting, there is, <clears throat> if I'm not mistake, mistaken, there's a CG at waypoint one. I'm led to believe there's going to be outfitting there so we can ship our mining gear into waypoint two. That is correct. As far as I have been informed, it is going to have outfitting for the first CG. Yeah, and that was what I was thinking, you see, because, I mean, to be honest, I haven't lost an SRV in over a year and a half, because to lose an SRV, you need a catastrophic failure before you can synthesize a repair. Um, so I haven't lost an SRV for ages. <laughs> Um, I'm touching wood here to say it's not going to happen, but what I'm saying is it's not. When I went out to Beagle Point a few years ago, um, there was no outfitting anywhere. You left salt, you left the bubble, and there was nothing until you came back. So that did, that did breed a certain caution with planetary landing and stuff. Um, I guess what I could do is, again, if there's outfitting, if there's stuff nearby, if you lose an SRV, you can think, okay, yeah, I was a Muppet that time, I'll get two at this bit and change the build partway through. What I can say on your build specifically is you actually have two auto field maintenance units on your build, I saw that, which is uh, interesting because there's actually only one reason why you would want to do that, which is probably why you did it, I'm going to assume here, and that is because you had a free internal slot available. So you would then uh, fit in auto field maintenance unit, 
because then you can fill that slot and then in case you have any kind of emergency drops, the damage is actually distributed across more modules. I was actually assuming it's because you could use your one maintenance unit to repair the other. Yes, that's something that you don't need to do though, because what you can do is just reboot your auto field maintenance unit in the event that it should hit 0%. Should that happen though, your power plant is probably also going to be pretty bad off and you're probably going to start limping home anyways. Yeah, and auto repair units last work just as well at 1% as they do 100%, don't they? If I remember rightly. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, well, that that's excellent news. That's all that covered. I mean, all this was um, highlighted in the newsletter 258. I mean, I don't think there was anything else mentioned in, in that newsletter, apart from maybe the galvanized Viper packs, which were made available. Um, did anybody buy any of the new festive packs that came out? I mean, they ended a couple of days ago, but I'm just curious to see if anybody went and bought one. No, and that was that reminds me of another tip for distant worlds for outfitting. Do not put words or bobbleheads on your cockpit because you'll be stuck with them for months and you will get fed up with them very quickly. <laughs> and use a ship pack voice that you like. Yeah. Um, I have to, I've, I've very, I, I want to get Leo, but I mm -hmm. don't think I want to actually... I'm not. I'm not risking it at the moment because I. I've used Celeste. I think it is. Or whatever. I've used this voice pack. I've used for the past year, and I. I'm very familiar to it. I'm very used to it. I don't really want to change it. Uh, I figure if I've used it, okay, for the past year, I can use it, okay, for the next year. Um, whereas have jumping into having Leo and having Holly talk to me, it might be awesome, but it might get very tiring very quickly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that's pretty much a your a, a personal choice. I mean, I'm I'm using the HCS voice packs as as everybody knows. In fact, I even got one over mm -hmm. Christmas. And um they make things if you've got quite a few of them, the fact you can mix them up in your ship does make things quite interesting. Uh but if you've if you bought a Covas, you're stuck with that Covas. Commander Wotherspoon also makes a good point about at least be careful if you've got a Black Friday skin because selfies are rubbish if you can't see your ship. Yes, that is also a very, very good point. Uh, I mean, I got the uh, iridescent uh, clipper one because let's just be honest, I think the Imperial Clipper is a beautiful ship, but it's not served all that well with, with um, ship kits and things like that and, and skins. Yeah, so, I have to, I'm in the black. I'm in the Black Friday skin for the Phantom. Um, yeah, but Wotherspoons does make a good point. Yeah, I, d I didn't think there was anything yeah. um, that caught my eye as far as the Phantom was concerned. Um, there isn't. Yeah, no doubt they'll probably release something decent for the Phantom once everybody's gone. <laughs> I suspect you're probably right. So yeah, so but, if there's nothing decent for the Phantom in this week's. <laughs> in the uh, by the end of this week, then I'm afraid probably, guys, you're going to have to stick with whatever the default color scheme is. I brought gold because it, yes, it's a bit blingy, but I I always figure gold is heat reflective, and on an exploration ship, you want heat reflective. <laughs> so that's my excuse. It's, it's a good excuse, yeah. I like so you've got a scientific uh, reason for the most ostentatious 
uh, paint job there is. I like that. That's ballsy. I like it. Well, they they put uh, they put gold tinfoil or whatever it is on the outside of satellites, don't they? So they, they do, do indeed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, considering how heavy gold is, it has to be paper thin. Oh, it is. Mo- molecule thin, I think, actually. But yeah. So uh, yes. Um, oh, sorry, you just re- reminded me about SpaceX's steel spaceship. Oh, is that the stainless steel spaceship? Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, they just reminded me about that. Talking about heavy, the, heavy and one. weird things. Yes. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because Distant Worlds Two has taken up so much time today, um, I think what we're going to have to do is our main discussion point. I think we can, we can shove that back to next week. Is is everybody okay with that? <laughs> Was our main discussion point what's coming up in twenty nineteen? Yes. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> we push this back every time. Yeah, okay. It'll be tw- it'll be twenty twenty before <laughs> we start discussing it. <laughs> that's it. That is probably true. Yeah, yeah, let's do it next week. So Unless we I mean, push it back again. Yeah. Sorry, Colin. Okay, we'll we'll quickly touch on what's been happening in in the community, which is the the, the standard things. Obviously, as we've we've said before, Distant World has reached eight thousand commanders. We've got another week. I'm wondering whether it will reach nine thousand before before everybody sets off. Uh, and in other news, Operation ID or IDA rather, they had a. Uh, a holiday charity drive to try and repair some stations. Um, and they managed to, I think they managed to repair Asmani Orbital, in addition to raising um, $1,100 for the direct aid charity in the States. So a uh, round of applause for them. Uh, they are still continuing to um, repair stations. But um, the one thing that has been happening lately is that the Thargoids have become a lot more active. In fact, I'm still trying to work out how the heck the mechanics are working. The um, the last this it's not last week, but the week before the anti Xeno initiative, um, the Thargoids attacked Electra, putting the whole place in incursion. Uh, but they were fended off within four days. Um, apparently, the Eagle Eye Network is now reporting that four or five systems a week are coming under threat. Oh, it's going to be bedlam. Like, everybody's going to be on the other side of the galaxy, and these incursion zones, nobody's going to be there to 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 rectify them. It's just, by the end I of 2019... I think everyone's making the wise decision to go to the other side yeah, of the galaxy. The, the whole place is going to be on fire by the time everybody gets back. Well, I, w- I will say this for the Anti-Xeno Initiative. They are a dedicated bunch um, with Gluttony Fang and, and company all over on their own Discord channel. Uh, and to tell you the truth, um, I think I think they're giving the Thargoids a good, a good run for their money here. I mean, admittedly, I will be staying in the bubble. I'll be joining the Anti-Xeno Initiative to, deal, to help defend the bubble while you are all running away. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you all up to date and hopefully we'll have the Free Alliance regional telecast back online as soon as we work out which stations are under threat again. So um, next we have, um, there was a live player event at the beginning of December involving um, uh, the notorious Zarek Null. Uh, called Operation Tin Man. Now, for those of you who, who were not involved, it was a basically a 
a player-organised event with people trying to shoot down the, the most notorious of all, Mr. Harry Potter. Um, however, uh, because the Pilots' Federation commanders failed to stop Operation Tin Man, uh, there is now a sentient, artificial, inter intelligent, cosmic vampire pilot don't don't ask just just go with it uh called commander sai-4 inhabiting open mode now in order to survive this commander must continually feed on signals animating from exploding <laughs> from shift drives so Love effectively it. if you see this commander i repeat commander sai-4 in open run they will attack just letting you know. So, <laughs> um, we have also included a uh, a link, a rather good animated link and uh, story uh, board explaining what has been how what, how this has come to pass. Uh, so, yep, uh, for those of you who are interested, check out Zarek Nell's uh, YouTube channel. Um, right? Do we have any uh, questions from the chat room or? Or anywhere, really. What's love got to do with it? Okay, that's a, that's a helpful, um, helpful I chat. Oh, I saw an interesting one in Twitch chat a second ago. Just give me a second to find it. Carry on talking. Don't use white space. <laughs> yeah, um, Nopis Three has actually made a very interesting. Observation. Uh, a vampire commander, how exactly does he jump from system to system and avoid the suns? That, that's, that is a question we'd have to... <laughs> Plot armour. UV protective visor, surely. We've all got one. And yeah. sunglasses are free. So His, his Remlock is a vampire's best friend, space vampire. Mm. Well, apparent, apparently, doesn't... Um, doesn't Windows filter out all the UV anyway, so that means that a vampire could probably walk around in their house any, even in the sunshine. I'll tell them that for sure. Mm. Just trying to think of the movie. There was vampires driving around in cars, and the way they got around the sun coming through the windows was they blocked all the windows up and had cameras and screens up. Oh, hang on. There wasn't that blade. No, it was Possibly. Daylight. Daylight or Daybreakers, one of those two. Daybreakers. Is Daybreakers Possibly. a good I'm not film? not a movie fanatic, I just remember seeing this scene and it reminds me exactly of what I, we're talking about I, I here. Quite, I quite enjoyed it, actually. It was one of those trashy sort of movies you just watch and don't think too much about. Yeah, it keeps winking at me from Netflix. If I remember correctly, in one of the following scenes, one of the vampires crash their car into a barrier, get exposed to sunlight temporarily, but then immediately you know, dive into water and somehow was no longer vampire-ish. Mm. No idea how it works. I'll have to ask these guys that are good with movies and see if I can't find out which one it is and watch it again. Oh dear, come on, the Edelweiss has just been destroyed. <laughs> hey! Ow! I got popped about two minutes before him. Who's who's destroying people? Commander Hapik from well, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm Hapik just going to say saying hi. Yeah. What's the commander name? Havoc. Did he say? Hapik. Hapik. H a p a c. 
Well, to be fair, it's not Commander enough to Havoc, late radio a, until you died. Yeah, Commander Hapik is a known commander, so I'll just leave it at that. Cool. Okay. Right. Um, well, what is it you call that's... them again, Colin? <laughs> what What do I call them? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as much as I would like to re-educate people in what my what I I call them, I do have um, a pair of ears not very far from me who would probably be quite upset by the the vast amount of. Um, ancient Anglo-Saxon that I would use in such description. <laughs> you cut so, off somebody's ears? That's a good idea. No, I, I would never I would never um, be involved in or threaten physical violence towards any of these people. Threats can be broken. Promises are much better to make. So, Sorry, was I live for that? <laughs> I, th I think you were. Well, we have been talking to Karen lately, um, as far as LaveCon 2019 is concerned, still set for the 4th to the 7th of July this year. Um, we are now beginning to pull the, the event together um, and coming across with the, uh, the itinerary, which uh, will obviously be needed to be uh, arranged. So um, stay tuned to the usual websites we will be able to announce tickets and i can't and say soon it's it's one of these things normally f february march is when they're released but we we've, we don't know just yet um as usual our sister station hutton orbital radio broadcasts on a thursday from half eight uh gmt at uh, tv.forthemug.com or radio.forthemug.com for just the audio version um and i must admit i was actually quite moved this this week because unfortunately on as we mentioned in the last episode um we lost one of the truckers uh, to the big sea and uh, yeah um so uh, well done <laughs> everybody for getting through that show that was quite emotional um also we'll give a call out to the cqc discord which is of course um uh, elite dangerous cqc uh now do we want to give a call out to all those people the in-game commanders flying about you with you ben can i just oh. interrupt for a second sorry I've, i found what i was talking about um, oh, okay Sorry, just a public service announcement, really, I guess. Hmm? Um, apparently, the BGS has been stuck in or tardy in changing states, which is why people are having issues finding um, high-grade signal sources or stuff, mm -hmm. engineering stuff they need. So uh, apparently, a QA Angus has written today that said... Um, after today's tick, there will be a fix that will um, loosen the bowels, shall we say, of the BGS and hopefully allow people to get their engineering materials quicker and easier than previously. Uh, so what you're saying is basically they're given the, the BGS, which has had a, a, a bit of a turkey stuffing, a bit of an enema, just to get <laughs> <laughs> the BGS, The BGS has a backstop, yes. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, commanders who have been bumping into have been, well, literally Commander Hapak. 
Uh, yeah. And Tech Cow's been around. It's nice to see Cow's back in the bubble again. Sledge Collier, Miggles is here, uh, Paul Archer, Matt Cooper's on the show, Kurgle who's here, Kira of 99, Red Rabbit. I can't even pronounce that. It's just like squares and boxes. But there are sort of so flying many around. NPC ships, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. And Commander Nail into Coffin, which is, I love that Commander name. I think that was an awesome one. Right, well, uh, one thing that I will mention at the moment is that uh, as, as my Cobra Mark III goes flying off into the distance, having just missed uh, an outpost, um, Commander Thane has announced that the Lave Revolution audiobook has now been made available on audio, uh, Audible. <coughs> Uh, which is a good way to get your podcasts and uh, of, of your paid audiobooks. Um, so we'd just like to give a, a shout out for that. If you want, uh, if you have Audible and you have a spare credit, uh, I think it's, it's well worth the punt. Um, and if you don't have an Audible account, you can get um, you, you can sign up for a free trial and get a free book. And that could One indeed of- be. Um, Alan's live Alan's book, yeah. Revolution. <laughs> and you can cancel it the week after. <laughs> stop trying to stop trying to promote Alan out of revenue. <laughs> I think Alan would be he still. gets the money. It's just no, they, 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 they still get the money for it. Do they? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I thought you I yeah. thought I'd, I thought Ed was trying to persuade people <laughs> to, to get Alan's book for free. That wasn't me, that was Kurgle, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can get it for free, but the but the people who created it, which is Alan and Chris, they still get paid. Yeah, cool. Totally good. So, yes. So uh, we almost I almost forgot about that, and um, and I do believe that the first episode, which is about sort of um, forty minutes, uh, that's available for free at the moment at the Radiophonic Workshop, the Radiophonic Workshop, the Radio Theatre <laughs> website. This so, is going really well. <laughs> oh, God, you have no idea. Anyway, do we have any... What was it you said you were drinking, now? Colin? Uh, not enough Southern Comfort, that's for sure. <sighs> do we have any other business? Downstairs. I think I might start on that. <laughs> so we don't have any other business, then? I, I don't have any other business. I'll, I'll be doing my business later. <laughs> no more business from me, apart from Happy New Year, and great to be back. Right. Well, uh, as usual, following this this podcast, we will have the excellent uh, Commander Witherspoon or Wotherspoon's uh, Galnet news. Um, oh, that is one thing I would recommend. Um, Mr. Wotherspoon did do a full review of the year in, in five episodes, which I thought was absolutely excellent. Uh, but as far as this is concerned, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Or you can join the TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, half past eight GMT and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So, will thanks to Commander Valen, uh, yes, thanks for having me. Okay, we um, quite welcome. Hopefully, we'll hear from you soon. Uh, we've got Mako Inson, 
Yep, thanks for having me. It's been great fun. Okay, we'll thank uh, Dr. Toxic. We'll thank Ben. We'll thank Grant. We'll thank Commander Shan. We'll thank Commander Kurgle. And we'll thank Commander Silverine. So, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. January 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, light-fingered thieves steal light sculpture. Imperial forces set to quash rebellion. Vitadine admits nanomeds are utopian. Bug warning for beagle point botherers. Light-fingered thieves steal light sculpture. New Year celebrations turned into a colossal embarrassment for the Federation this year, after the theft of a colossal hollow sculpture. And the thieves pulled off a dramatic coup de théâtre. As part of the New Year celebration in the Federal Capital on Mars, a huge holographic sculpture based on the Federal insignia was supposed to light up the sky for hundreds of miles around. When the switch was thrown at midnight, the millions of excited revellers were instead treated to a gigantic holographic Cheshire cat winking at them. The code for the original sculpture was later found to have been removed, and the incident is being treated as theft. Over the past year, the winking cat crew have stolen artworks in Alliance, Empire, and now Federal territories, suggesting a possible political motivation. On each occasion, a winking cat was left as a cheeky signature by the thieves. 
Just like Interpol and the Imperial Internal Security Service, the Federal Security Service has no leads. It just has a gigantic, winking cat. Imperial forces set to quash rebellion. Admiral and Senator Denton Petraeus has thrown down an ultimatum to Nova Imperium as its fleet masses in Paresa. The group plans to overthrow Emperor Arissa Lavinia Duval, replacing her with recently discovered pretender to the throne Hadrian Duval. And then it plans to follow an isolationist path, cutting off links with the Federation and Alliance and fighting off the Thargoid threat alone. Petraeus has ordered the Nova Imperium fleet, which is seen to have widespread popular support, to disperse. If it does not, it seems likely that Imperial forces loyal to the Emperor will launch an attack, something that may be perceived as a massacre of Imperial civilians. This instability in the Empire is causing concern in both Federal and Alliance circles. The Federal Navy is believed to be conducting exercises close to Imperial space. Vitadine admits nanomeds are utopian. <music> Professor Catrian Rook has denied that Vitadine Labs stole utopian intellectual property, but has admitted that utopian nanomeds were the inspiration behind Vitadine's own range of medicines. Professor Rook's explanation is that she was approached by pilots who had plundered a wrecked Utopian transport ship. The cargo they sold her allowed her to reverse-engineer nanomeds, but a completely different set of technologists were then able to recreate the concept in a clean room, meaning that the Vitadine version of nanomeds, while Utopian-inspired, are actually completely different, while working in exactly the same way. Professor Rook has offered to return the cargo of the crash transport to Pranav Antal, but says that Vitadine will continue to manufacture the wonder drug in its own facilities. Antal has since demanded the return to Utopia of all derivative medicines, saying that he is unwilling for anyone outside of Utopia to benefit from Utopian technology. A slightly stunned interstellar health organisation has said it will review the situation. Bug warning for Beagle Point botherers. At least 7,000 commanders are due to set off on the largest single expedition of modern times on Sunday. Distant Worlds 2 aims to recreate the successes of the Distant Stars and Distant Worlds expeditions. It will track slowly across the plane of the galaxy, leaving plenty of time for exploration and discovery, travelling to and beyond Beagle Point, on the far side of the galaxy, and aiming to return to the bubble in October, a round trip of over 200,000 light-years. One of the goals of the expedition will be to mine and refine enough raw materials to establish a research base close to Sagittarius A-star, in the very heart of the Milky Way galaxy. There are some concerns that the Pilots' Federation may try to assist the expedition. 
based on previous experience, help from the Pilots' Federation would probably consist of permit-locking Beagle Point at the last minute, and encouraging Tharg the Mighty to flood the surrounding systems with hundreds of Medusas. In related news, Tharg the Mighty, Prince of the Pleiades, Emperor of the Call 70 Sector and Lord of Polaris, is reported to have recently become victim of hackers. With several of his nude selfies from the year 3302 posted on the internet. He is not reported to be in a very good mood, and commanders who encounter one of his battleships are warned to expect no mercy. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>